name's Hadil, also known as Hadil Speaks, and you're listening to Miss the Point, a podcast where I'm joined by many politicians, activists, journalists, and everyday people to talk about politics in the 21st century. Now, today's episode, why we can't just deal with it, is a really big topic considering everything that's happening in the social and political climate. And to have this discussion with me, I've got Seneca. Seneca, do you mind introducing yourself? My name is Seneca Casey. Portland, Oregon, USA. Um, I am an activist, father, fighting for injustice for so many. Yeah, no, Seneca is an absolutely incredible individual. He's doing so much to fight against injustice in the community. And so I thought it would be really amazing to bring him on here to have this discussion and really unpick and unpack why it's not just as simple as ignoring race or ignoring issues that we face in our community. And to kickstart our discussion today, I wanted to look at how the media can have an influence and an effect on how people perceive different social issues and movements. After the summer of protesting, a lot of people realised that many of the ugly truths that we have known for a long time had been revealed to a wider majority of the public. And what was interesting to see was how the media was then picking up on these issues and reporting them. The tropes, the language, the rhetoric that was used to describe a lot of what was happening. And so Seneca, I wanted to ask, how do you feel the media can influence people's perceptions on different social issues, forms of injustice or oppression? I mean, looking from from uh, from the fight that we're fighting here in America and, and, and in Portland, that we, we're dealing with the, the media heavily on the on the fact that they are, they, it's not a black space. I mean, it's not a person of color who actually capturing this information. So even at the their best, their their eyes only gonna see so much. It's just like kind of I, I explain it more like music or something like that. If you want soul music, you go, you get somebody with soul to sing it. You know, you get somebody without it, it's not soul music. So um, I think that's really the key to getting to the root of uh, the issue, you got to have uh, the um, the person of color behind the camera and, and, and the voice uh, to actually get to the places that we need to get to um, with this movement. Yes, and I absolutely love that analogy you used. If you want soul music, then you're going to have to go to someone who has soul. That applied to the media. When the media is not representative, when the media does not have people behind the microphone, behind the camera, who has experienced that injustice, who knows what it's like, a lot of the time connotations and and words can be used that honestly distort and warp the discussion at hand. And this really does apply to any and all institutions in that when they are not represented a lot of issues that people face from marginalized groups become disregarded or forgotten because the people at the top or the people leading may not necessarily know what it's like and going back to that example about the media when the industry or when the group is not diverse or representative a lot of these issues don't get enough airtime and when they do get airtime it's very performative and trivializes the issue at hand And in many cases, because the people behind the camera and behind the microphone may not necessarily experience the issue, they then believe it doesn't exist, either because they feel like it's not a problem or because they feel threatened by the issue. But either way, their position of privilege and their lack of affinity or experience regarding the social issue allows them not to have to understand. 
And this reminds me of a quote, when you're accustomed to privilege, equality seems like oppression. What I will say though, is that I don't think this is exclusive to the media. I think it exists in many other facets of society, whether that be in other institutions or on an interpersonal level. How do you feel this opposition to change because of privilege, because of not understanding the issue at hand manifests itself in society? It's, it's, it's a good question. I mean, because I'm really just, I'm so I'm so into the fight that it's it's kind of hard to step out of it and look at it from a from an outside perspective. Um, so it's, uh, so when you ask that question, it really it, it really uh, gets me to thinking. Like, well, how do how do I how how do I uh, perceive that from an out, uh, external standpoint? I, I think that I'm not really the person to ask that because I mean I'm really so far. I'm so far far removed from the outside. I'm so into it. So I I think you got to start by being on the outside to be able to, to understand it. Actually, I think you raise a really great point there. And it's the importance of perspective. Someone who is fighting against injustice that's so close to home like you are will see things very, very differently to someone who's never experienced injustice or who's just heard about it through stories or who's just studied it academically but you know perspective drastically influences how we see things and perspective is based on all of your experiences whether that be your research or your personal everyday or real life experiences towards a certain issue and an undeniable fact regarding our society is that so many people get their information from the media Media encompasses all things from broadcast journalism to newspapers to social media accounts. And that's been a very recent change. However, fundamentally traditional forms of media such as broadcast journalism and newspapers have been what many of people have seen as a credible and reliable source to get their information from. And when there isn't that sense of perspective there, a lot of these issues that we're trying to discuss get drowned out. And this creates this almost false impression that social issues don't exist because important things go on the news, important things go in newspapers. And if these things aren't being shown in our newspapers and being shown on the news, then it suggests the idea that they aren't as important when that couldn't be further from the truth. The media has the power to create this league table that everyone almost subconsciously internalizes and understands to be the priority of events within our society. And when the media doesn't talk about these issues or when they talk about them poorly, they are then able to influence how people feel about these issues and most importantly, how much they should care about them. In our modern society, however, currently, people have noticed the power of social media in being able to communicate issues that traditional types of media have neglected. And I see so many things on social media and so many social issues and I get to learn about so much. But what I realize is people have almost started competing for the public's attention um, on different social issues, which has been coined recently as the oppression Olympics, putting down one social issue in order to make another seem more important or in order to get more attention for one. Now, you are really great, Seneca, at talking about social issues on social media, and I strongly recommend um, anyone listening to this podcast go check out Seneca I'll leave his social media link down below but how would you recommend people navigate um, discussions on social media that goes for old new um, just starting or you know experienced activists what would you how would you recommend people talk about social issues and injustice well this 
obviously you got to be um sensitive to to so much i mean you got to be educated uh as as much as possible i mean education is the key to any any type of delivery without it's like coming on here if i wasn't uh prepared which i'm you know i'm, I'm kind of waking up so i need coffee so maybe that's you know my thing but but you know the the more educated you are about the scenario uh the more that you can reach and and you have to be aware of you know just personal opinions uh over fact uh when you de- when you're delivering it so i i just think that you just really got to be just uh very very careful on how you how you deliver it and how how much you educate yourself um if that's something that you're really trying to do if you're trying to and be an activist from that standpoint you 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 definitely got to have the tools to fight. Mm, I like how you bring out personal opinion versus fact. Do you think that sometimes the lines between what is a personal opinion and fact can be blurred on social media? Of course it has. I mean it's a it's a it's an incubator for that. It's it just grows it like personal opinion is so easy, you know, cuz you can wake up with opinion, you can um go to sleep with opinion and it just for you to take that opinion and actually uh look for the facts within it so it, i mean uh social media actually breeds opinion i definitely agree with you and to add to that with social media i really enjoy and appreciate the new features by tiktok by instagram facebook i think as well and even tiktok where you know when information is being shared about covid or sometimes you know when political information is being shared there is that link at the bottom to say this might not be true or click here to get more information from official sources i feel like that really counteracts what people are doing on social media when they are spreading fake facts when they are spreading false information and so forth but taking it back to activism i feel like social media has given everybody the opportunity to be a journalist taking journalism into our own hands and that's not necessarily a bad thing i just feel like we need to take extra care and be very careful about how we say things what we say and so forth so i'd like to ask you seneca how do you feel like social media and everyone's access to it has made it or a lot of people's access to it has had an impact on activism it actually microwaved it gives you the ability to like become something instantly you know um which is good or bad you know depending on you know the on the person and how quick you can educate and how quick you can be uneducated um yeah so i just i just think that social media social media is 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 a double edged sword uh on the in this in this particular fight just because like i said just as quick as you can be educated you can be uneducated um just as quick as you can educate somebody you can undereducate somebody um just as quick as you can have a movement you can be uh, stagnated um a uh, slip of a word you can be canceled so it's it's i mean uh you have it one minute and be discredited and you know and then two minutes later so you just it's just one of those things that you really got to watch yeah i definitely agree with that and you know it has me thinking about why 
this is the case um particularly i think it's got a lot to do with our culture on social media and how we interact i've got an episode coming out about this in a few weeks it's called the algorithm of reactionary movements so make sure you follow the podcast so that you can get a notification and so that you can find out when this episode comes out but i think social media fosters an environment that encourages outrage culture i think outrage culture being you know what's the most breaking news what's the most um scandalous thing we can find out and i feel like that's why a lot of the time important issues and important discussions get sidelined for more get sidelined for discussions that are more about discussions that aren't as important to the overall issue and so i want to hear what you have to say seneca do you think social media needs to be restructured in a way that encourages um thoughtful discussion because you know different people come on social media for different things yes some people will come in for the entertainment factor others use it for networking some just genuinely want to have their cogs turn and have their curiosity sparked so do you think we need to or do you think social media needs to be restructured uh re- restructure i don't know if i would use that word but i would say sharpen you know because restructure is really just going in and becoming the, the developer and i don't think we're going to have access to do that if we're going to do it it's going to be on a whole different platform i think that that we can sharpen it and sharpen um and sh- educate ourselves so we know that uh who we are following or who are we are listening to that we can find the facts in it because it is a treasure hunt you do have to find the treasure within um these individuals that that's actually uh, uh putting out this information because some of it is treasure and some of it is trash so so i think that instead of restructuring we need to sharpen and uh um we maybe restructure yeah actually on hearing that i think i'd support what you're saying there is an issue with how we as um, creators or consumers are using social media and maybe if we re-evaluated how we did that we would have more effective outcomes i think one of the other problems that i see are how people use social media to address social issues in that people try and make it in one size fits all how do you feel about that so first of all let me say activism without purpose is not activism it's like saying a movement without motion is a movement it's not it's not possible you got you need you need to be active um not only uh not only verbally but socially you need to be to be an activist and for something to move it actually it actually has to move it actually has to move people so i i think that um the misconception of uh, a misinterpretation of of that word would only lead you to failure so seneca how do you feel like this statement just deal with it impacts conversation uh i believe that it creates walls um it closes ears it, it it mutes conversation it stagnates the ability to um to have a conversation and and it um it's it just is a stagnant it's a stagnant to communication like when you when we get caught up in these situations where it's a lot of noise and it's a lot of um 
um, distorted frequencies. It would only would only co uh, cause you to cover your ears and, and not say much. So I think that's equally. Then when do you think, as an activist or as someone who's passionate about change, when do you think it's time to disengage or walk away from a conversation? I think that you should disengage when you when you recognize the person that you are communicating or are attempting to communicate is not educated enough to even hold an intellectual conversation i think you have to disengage when it becomes a debate uh, when when oppression becomes a debate when racism becomes a debate um those are, are non-debatable um scenarios you you don't debate about holding people down and or killing people uh, unjustly it's no debate so i think when 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 you recognize it, it's either a debate or you recognize that it's um, a uneducated person speaking, you speaking with, that you have to gracefully, um, you know, walk away from the conversation um, because obviously you want to, you want, you want it to, you that person or or people that you're actually speaking with. It's not to say that they won't ever come around, so you don't want to stagnate their growth either, but you don't want them to stagnate yours either. So, you know, that's why I would say you gracefully just walk away. Yeah, completely. And to add to that, I think it's also important to understand that it's not people of color or black people's job to educate on racism. If someone has a platform where they educate about racism and they talk about race and activism like yourself and like myself, that's okay, but that doesn't mean it's our job to do it. No, it's not. You know, what I mean, no, it's not. And that's where you fall when you when you newly into to to the activism. You think that you have to educate everyone, but then I, I realized that it's um, if it's if I could relate to something, it would be religion. Um, activism is a religion. Um, um, it is something that you it's your personal your personal thing it's something that you you find home in personally and you should never put yourself in a situation or put people in a situation where you're forcing them to to think the way you're thinking or or they're first forcing you to um like i said before it's something personal it's something that you're going to find within yourself and then and then you're going to release it the way you release it so yeah, you, and that brings up that. for me a really big point of discussion actually it's this white savior complex and this whitewashing of history i think one another thing that propels this just deal with it narrative or this just deal with it mentality is the fact that what happened to black people and other ethnic minorities has been massively downplayed or even ignored and suppressed and when it hasn't been, it's been whitewashed to make white people look like they were saving, you know, people of color or black people in some way, shape or form. When really oppression isn't any form of savior. Oppression is exploitation. And when we allow these narratives to infiltrate discussion and education to be ignored and just not given, saying things like just deal with it is really easy. Of course, you're going to say just deal with it. You don't even get half of it. So that's such a big point for me and it was raised by what you last said so thank you for yeah that. i like to add to that because the thing about it you have to ask yourself who are we educating you know um i think i, I did something where i said okay 
we we do we're we're too busy trying to impress the oppressor we're 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 trying to educate people who educated us in this sickness itself so are we really educating somebody who did it to us you know we we we're, we find ourselves like trying to explain something to to uh not the victim but the the victimizer or, or you know the 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 person or people who did this to us so um do they really need to be educated or do they just need to be uh open their eyes to what they've done so it's like i think that's where we 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 have fought in in our works is believing that we're educating somebody who did this to us they already know what they did to the to us they got history of of um in museums full of it they got school books full of what they've done to us they got laws full of what they've done to us and here we are trying to teach them i think that's where we go wrong you know what i mean so we really we really got to look at that in a different way yes 100 percent, i agree but give you something to think about just do it or just just deal with it um i've been i've been put in situations where you know i might have said some things you know dissimilar to that i can't relate to um being an oppressor and and but i can relate to certain things where i've told my 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 children to eat something you know just eat that food right and and not until i tasted it did i realize what they were eating and it wasn't good so my 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 take on that and my my answer back to uh, just deal with it is you eat it uh, you put on these clothes you wear this and and i'm sure that 99.9 percent of them would deny i mean would uh would decline that offer you know so and that's where it comes down to uh if, if you won't do it then you know that it wasn't good and I and I'm, I'm I know these people won't do it because they they are afraid to give us the power of equality, and if if it wasn't so bad, then they would they would accept it. But they are afraid to be uh, at the other hand of the or the other side of the whip, should I say? That's that that's incredibly profound. I agree so much, and I feel like it really does bring us back to like the first thing we said at the start. When you're accustomed to privilege, equality feels like oppression. When you are accustomed to privilege, equality feels like oppression. And you know, until you've until you've put those clothes on, until you've you know tasted that food, you can't you can't dictate how people are supposed to feel. You can't dictate how people are supposed to react, especially if you haven't experienced that situation. And, you know, that's that's essentially this whole podcast episode has been about the power of perspective, right? This is about the power of perspective, the power of understanding and the power of conversation. Without navigating these things, we can never, ever, as a society, see the different realities that people have. It's like being at the cinema and putting on those 3D glasses, right? The, 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 when you take the glasses off, the screen looks a bit weird to you. But as soon as you can put those glasses on, you see things through a different lens. And that lens enables you to get more of an understanding of what's going on in the movie. It's the same, but imagine society as having a multitude of lenses, a multitude of realities, a multitude of film, 
a multitude of variable a multitude of variables right there are so many things that play into and impact the realities that people face in society and it's and it's extremely reductionary it's extremely you know intellectually lazy for you to just say deal with it it's extremely privileged for you to say deal with it or it's not my problem it just shows you haven't been brave enough to put on the lens or the glasses that allow you to see reality or that allow you to sympathize empathize um conceptualize the reality that so many people face yes i thought i was the only one who can get deep you <laughs> no, proved me we wrong we like to keep it deep around here <laughs> we like to keep it with a ton of critical thinking but anyways what i want to say is thank you so much seneca for joining me on this episode uh thank you to everyone at home or wherever you are listening to this podcast and until next week's episode at 7 30 p.m on wednesday hadil speaks over and out